In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Indeed, there are no off days. Welcome on into the Nod Pod. I'm Scott Smith. Chris Cato here to my left, and we have BK in the booth. We will catch up with him momentarily. It feels like fall in, in Florida, and we're just kind of soaking in. I actually turned the AC off today for, for a couple of hours. That's saying a lot. Well, you said you usually keep it up at 78 anyway, yeah, so, so yours I mean, is always We were off. running like 73 today. I was like, this is amazing. So yeah. it, for a brief moment, it feels like fall. Uh, even in Florida. That's why I'm wearing plaid today because I feel like it's might as well lumberjack it up. You know it, what I mean? It's fleeting, right? We got to enjoy it while we can right. get that pumpkin spice latte hot this time, not cold. I'm wearing the creamsicle again because, well, well we're heading into creamsicle Sunday. It's creams. It's throwback weekend. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there's more excitement about the fact that we're wearing the, the cream school uniforms or that it's like an actual big time matchup between two first place teams. Yeah. Who had this? Well, I think we all thought the lions would be the lions, but this is really going to be the, the eyes of the country will be on this game at Raymond James stadium. Yeah. It'll be a big time showdown. Let's bring in BK in the booth. Brian, did you enjoy some of the, uh, the low humidity? The dew point yeah. was exceedingly low in Florida. Kind, today. Of, kind of refreshing, isn't it? it when was. the first hit you. I yeah. know. Got to wear pants for a change. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Normally, he's pantsless yes raking leaves out in the front yard without pants on um yes so i'm glad that you were able to enjoy that who do we have on today's big program we got talk a little bit baseball today bright in the thick of the baseball playoffs with chris jimenez former rays catcher and he's currently with sirius xm baseball okay. analyst and we'll talk a little bit of baseball with yep. him. we got some some good games to talk about some exciting and, and some unexpected turns i think already here in this mlb postseason yes uh, can i have a redo on my predictions for who make, makes the alcs yeah well even i have some regrets as well so this is hard to predict but that's what you love about october baseball honestly right. is the fact that there's things happening right now that we had no way to uh, to anticipate. Um, all right, and at the end of the program. In the program, we're going to break out the NodPod Gazette once again. Beautiful. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since we've it done has, that. It has been. I, I was worried that it had gone to only digital, so I'm glad no, that it is. No, the still, circulation is still putting out papers. Okay, very good. Thanks, BK. We'll catch Thanks, up man. with you in a little bit. If you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash NodPod. If you're watching and you want to subscribe to the podcast, take out your phone, zap the QR code on the screen, bottom right-hand corner, uh, and you can head to the show page, subscribe, like, watch, share, get a snack, nap, watch again, like, share, uh, get another snack, take a bathroom break, repeat. Was that too bossy? Did I tell them to do too many things? I don't know. Simple formula. Easy to follow. Fox13news.com slash NodPod. All right. So it is also, in addition to baseball postseason and the hockey season getting started, um, it is, of course, college football season right in the thick of things. Uh, I I'm sure you saw what happened uh, in Salt Lake City with the Utah football program. I mean, yes. We have talked so much about the NIL deal. But I felt like they just took it to a different level. Pretty incredible deal, right? Yeah. So every scholarship player on the Utes football team gets a truck. A yeah, Dodge every, it's, Ram it's Oprah. Pickup. It's you get a truck. You get a truck. A 2024 Ram 1500. Well, I was trying to figure out, like, they put this video out, and you got all these, you know, all 85 scholarship players in kind of the bowels of the stadium there at Utah. And coaches, you know, was that who? I don't even know who. That wasn't coach. Somebody else, somebody was, like, leading these guys saying, hey, we're so proud of all you've done, and, you know, we wanted to reward you guys. And everybody's like, what are we doing here? What's, what's this all about? All of a sudden, the doors kick open to the tunnel of the field, and you're everybody's getting a truck. And everybody just goes crazy. The they trucks are out. on the field. The <laughs> trucks are on the field. They run out. Yeah. 
They're so excited. It's the it's the greatest commercial in the world for Dodge, right? <laughs> I love the way that they structured this though, because this collective, the Utah Collective, and just to recap everyone in this NIL world, all of these universities have collectives now, which is another word for a group of your big money boosters, mm -hmm. right? So this collective makes this arrangement with this uh, automotive group there in Utah in Salt Lake City. Uh, who, by the way, the owner of the automotive group is also a Utah grad, so it works out well, that um, the structure of this is that the collective provides each player this truck. It's a lease, and the terms of the lease are it renews every six months as the long as— The terms of the lease are win the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as you're still on the team and you're eligible, after six months, it renews for another six months. How about that? So you got free wheels the whole time you're on the team. And they pick up insurance too, right? Yes. Wow, that's a, that's a good deal. You know the gas mileage, though? I looked at this on the 1500 is yeah. uh, 17 miles a gallon well, in the city. Good. So I, I don't know if the collective's picking up Well, you know college fuel. students. All they're really doing, I mean, it's they're all staying within like a five-mile radius there I, I just you know i wonder if it's like because everybody was so excited and they're like oh it's got a touch screen this that yeah. i wonder if it's kind of like the floor model when you go to the dealership you see all the things that have the bells and whistles but then you're like that's not my price point and then they bring out the one that has manual windows this is the and one that, you can is, afford this yeah. is yours buddy. all right did you notice that all of them also have a wrap on it that's like the an ad for this um utah sports app so, oh, yeah. so you do have to be a rolling billboard but still these are free Gl i'd gladly do it i would i mean my my truck in college was a and now we've talked about the fact I'm old, but I wasn't this old. I just had a really old truck. My truck was an 86 Nissan. Yeah, that was. It, they it don't did, make 86 it, Nissans like that. It did have the crank windows and no AC. What color was it? But then again, I wasn't on scholarship for football. Oh. It was red. It was beautiful. Oh, I wish wow. it had been creamsicle. Yeah. But this is a guy. This is where we are with NIL now. Uh, and another thing that struck me as we were watching games last weekend is, did you read this? That and, and blow the horn if I get us off the rails here too much. Just hit the, the hit the Cato alarm and say, hit, you know, a siren that says, Cato, get us back on track. I read a couple days ago that Caleb Williams said, you know, USC's quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner last year, said he could make more money by staying in college again next year than he could as a first-round NFL draft pick in his wow. first year off of his NIL stuff. Now, that changes the game quite a bit. I mean, if, if that's that crazy. True. And, yeah. and, I mean, it makes sense, too, because I'm watching the USC-Arizona game the other night, which turned out to be a nail-biter. And during the game, this is the era we are in now. During the game, I'm seeing Caleb Williams' Wendy's commercials, yeah, Caleb Williams' Dr. Pepper commercials. I mean, it, so if that's the case, that these big stars can make more money than they would in their first year of the rookie deal. Don't you think the NFL says something at some well, point? Yeah, see, I don't know if that's true because what is to stop him once he goes to the NFL to having all the same deals in place? Right. But now he's actually making a bigger salary. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's – it. maybe if he's saying if, if I didn't have any sponsorship deals once I go to the NFL – and it was just straight team salary versus what maybe I'm so. making. Maybe then that's the case. But I would imagine that if you're the number one overall pick, you're going to come into the NFL and you're going to have a lot more options, you know, to, to sell yourself to. Maybe he's throwing out a little wink-wink to the USC booster saying, hey, yeah. if you toss a little <laughs> more in here, yeah. oh, Caleb's coming back for another yeah, run. No doubt. Yeah. I was wondering with the Utah deal that, like, what happens at team meetings when all the players leave and they're all, like, beeping for their car? <laughs> it's like everybody, 85 trucks that all look the same. How do you separate it? All right, let's, let's stick with college football. So now that we're, uh, you know, about, what, six games in, about halfway there, 
Uh, we don't have to like kind of redo our preseason picks on what we think the playoffs are going to look like because, well, you and I are both have missed a few probably. Yeah. Uh, but let's go through it and figure out which teams we think might have the easiest path to get in. That's based on what the record is now and then what's coming down the pike. All right? You want to jump into it? Let me let me start with ACC okay. since I'm alphabetical guy. I like okay. that. Um, as I look at this, you know, I looked at a couple of teams. I looked at Louisville, which is surprising, 6-0, yeah. just took down Notre Dame. Um, but their remaining games, they're on the road at Duke in three weeks uh, after a bye. Duke might have their star quarterback, Riley Is Leonard. that a road game or is that at home? Uh, that's uh, at Duke. That's a road game. Okay. And so Duke might have – it's all dependent on Riley Leonard. He's Duke's offense. But Duke might have him back by then. And they close out the season at Miami and then hosting Kentucky. So – I don't think they have the clearest path in the ACC. I, I think it's still it's not horrible, though. It's I mean, not, I think the biggest, the biggest stumbling point is going to be the ACC championship game, probably. Yeah, for either of these. I think yeah. it's Florida State with yeah. the clearest path now. Yeah. Two tough games remaining, hosting Duke in a couple of weeks. I don't think Riley Leonard will be back in two weeks, based on reports, and hosting Miami. Uh, and then they've got the rivalry game with Florida, but Florida's not looking so great right now. Yeah, so. but in, even if you end up dropping that game, you're still playing for the ACC championship. You win the ACC championship. Given what we're probably going to get into in terms of the Pac-12 and SEC, I mean, you could have a lot of bruised teams going into championship weekend. So mm-hmm. I, th- I still think even a one-loss ACC champ, uh, if it's FSU, could could end up getting. So there. are you on board with me with that? That it's probably FSU. I think FSU's got one yeah. of the top four, yeah, easiest spots. Yeah. Okay. Where All do you right. want to go? You lead this one. Uh, you know, I would just say let's. You know, when I look at the SEC, I, th- I think probably. You know, Georgia has the easiest path, and this is not a big surprise. Uh, we, we looked at their schedule at the, the beginning of the year thinking there's probably not too many stumbling blocks for them. I feel like they've already kind of got through a couple. Uh, they do have Florida. That one's a home game. They got Ole Miss. That, that's a home game. Uh, at Tennessee, could that be an upset waiting to happen? Yeah, potentially. I think that their biggest issue is going to be the SEC championship game, and if that's against Alabama, um, then – you know, the winner of that, I think, is going. So, yeah. I, I, but I would put still Georgia as one of my four that has the easiest path there. Agreed. I mean, and it's yeah. t- it's even coming out of the SEC. I mean, I could I could do the same thing for Alabama. I, th- I feel like Alabama's rest of the schedule is a little bit more difficult because they're at Kentucky, they're at Auburn, they still have a LSU. So there's a couple harder games down mm-hmm. the stretch hosting if, Tennessee but if they yeah. can yeah and if they can run it I mean I think that the winner of the SEC championship game is obviously going going to the playoffs so that's I, how I see the yeah. SEC playing out. I agree with out of those two that Georgia has the clearer path but then it may be getting past Bama and Atlanta so yeah. what happens uh the Pac-12 um, this, the, I, I feel think like that's the most interesting be... one I think there's <laughs> there are several outcomes that could happen here uh, it's well, a, it's gonna be like a circular firing squad. I, I mean, I, that's what it seems like. It could be. I, it starts really this weekend with this huge game in Seattle, where Oregon is coming to Washington to play the Huskies. Both are undefeated. Such an interesting game because Washington has the nation's number one scoring offense. We did see them struggle a bit on the road a couple weeks ago at Arizona, but uh, Oregon has the country's seventh best defense and a good offense. You got mm-hmm. two Heisman Trophy candidates there, and so really it's. I think whatever, whichever team wins that game will be in the driver's seat. You still have to kind of consider um, Utah could spoil the party. And then if where's USC, I had USC schedule up here. USC, you know, is still in play, but I just think because of what we've seen from their defense, when they get down, they've got to play Washington, 
Oregon. Well, they still got Notre Dame coming up this weekend, too. And Utah could, you know. And so. UCLA's no cakewalk. All right. So I feel like USC, out of those undefeateds, has kind of the toughest road. And then you look at Washington and Oregon. It'll be interesting because Oregon has the big game at the end of the year, which we still call the Civil War. Yeah. Going to Corvallis, which is such a hard place to play. Yep. And, and the, my Beavers, my Beavs that are going to win the Pac-12 are playing some good ball. So yeah. I really don't know who's going to come out of that scrum. What yeah. do you think? Well, I think the irony is that in their last year, they're going to have probably the best talent they've had in years. And nobody's making it to the post. The, to, to the oh, you don't you don't think anyone's going to th- get through it? There's, I can't look at any of these. I mean, look, if anybody gets through this unscathed, then yeah. then they're in. But I mean, even Washington has Oregon, USC, Utah, uh, Oregon State, Washington State. They, they still have like five legit opponents, and it's about that way for everybody in the conference. I mean, anybody that's, right. that, that's in play, that's in your top fifteen right now, that's in the Pac-12, uh, is going to be. It's it's just it's I think it's going to be a brutal stretch. So I don't know. I think the next easiest for me is a team that I actually picked on the outset, and I'm going to stick with. Uh, okay. I think Texas. Honestly, yeah. I think Texas has uh, an opportunity to get back in, win the Big 12 by beating Oklahoma again. Potentially, maybe it's not even Oklahoma at that point. Uh, but their toughest ones ahead are you know BYU. That's that'll be a challenge. Kansas State. At Iowa State, crazy things happen in Ames, I suppose. Texas Tech's kind of a scrappy yeah. team, but I think they get to the championship game, honestly. I, I mean, I they're agree. one of those top two teams, and if Oklahoma's that other team, I, I think a revenge game. That I would love to see that rematch, by the way. I agree with you. I think that's where we're headed. I think it is going to be a rematch. Um, Oklahoma has a tougher remaining schedule, I think, than Texas. They're at Kansas, who is really – I mean, what Lance Leipold there is, is doing there is amazing, and they should have their – quarterback uh Jalen Daniels by then um and then Oklahoma has to host West Virginia which West Virginia has turned out to be a pretty good pretty squad good. too yeah. so I do think it could plus come the championship game is in uh, uh Arlington in, right no I think it's in West, at West Virginia this year I'm oh is sure. it oh so well either way added I, an incentive for the Mountaineers I think in spite of Texas taking that L in Dallas that they uh have the easiest path yeah. clearest path coming out of the Big 12 I would agree uh so then that leaves the Big 10 yeah um and really it's one of three teams is probably going to get the opportunity to go to the playoff it's just a matter of how they because they all play each other mm-hmm. um so it's it's either going to be Michigan uh, Ohio State or Penn State, and they're all you know three of the top six teams right now. So I don't know. How do you see? I mean, if if one of them suffers like a, a loss outside of that little three ring circus, right? Then you know, like Michigan has a, a visit to Maryland. Maryland's kind of a sneaky good team. Yeah, could that be one? Um, you know, Ohio State. They're at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's um, getting better each week. I, w- I would watch out for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, Penn State. They also visit Maryland. I don't know. They get to host Ohio State after what amounts to a bye. Do play. they host Ohio State? I have yeah. them on Do the you? road at Ohio State. I have them. Okay, well, yeah. I'll go with yours. No, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, they're um, going They're going to the Ohio State. You're right. So I tentatively yeah. put Michigan uh, in the driver's seat in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. I just think they're the, they're the better team, to, in my opinion, but, you know, that's why they're going to play each other, and, and we'll figure it out. But um, So if I had to do – my four teams that I think have the easiest road in, I got Georgia, I got Michigan, I got Florida State, and I got Texas. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, one from each of the conferences, and I think the Pac-12 ends up killing each other. I mean, I, I, I think that's what's going to probably happen. Yeah, I'm, w- I'm with you. And, again, these aren't my predictions, but what I see as being the 
easiest solution to this is Georgia, Michigan, um, Texas. And I, I think because of what you said earlier that all of these Pac-12 teams we mentioned are really good and, and the nation is recognizing that, that a one-loss Pac-12 team I think is going to get in. I just Pro- don't know who is it is. But I, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know – if, I mean, if you – yes. So, I think if you have I'm a one-loss team – It's going to be Oregon. How okay. about that? Okay, because the Ducks have the better defense in the conference, I think. So, yeah, I think I'll it's going to be Oregon. Well, that, that would be interesting. But but then, yeah, who are you leaving out? They still I, I feel like they still have, you know, four <laughs> to five tough opponents down the stretch, and then you have the Pac-12 championship game. Wouldn't this be a great year to have a 12-team playoff? It would <laughs> be a wonderful year. Yeah. Um, all right. So, jumping into the NFL, um, speaking of, of people that might see their run come to an end, uh, how about this kind of – there's a little bit of buzz about Bill Belichick maybe um, being forced out. I mean, it, it, he's the, – the Patriots are uh, probably the worst team uh, in the NFL. Really they, They're looking that yeah. part at least the last two weeks when they've been outscored 72-3. to They can't score any points. Uh, it doesn't look like Mac Jones is the answer at quarterback. They do have some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, but the, there's just no splash players on this offense. Uh, they can't produce anything. So at one and four, averaging 11 points a game, people are calling for a change. Do you think that he's built up built up enough credibility over the last couple of decades that he should kind of be able to write his own ticket on how this thing ends, or do you think maybe they strip him of GM duties or? Are we looking at potentially the last year of Bill Belichick? I think the last thing you said, no. There's no way we're looking at the last year of Belichick. I think he – how many Super Bowls? Six. Six, okay. Um, And plus you have to consider – I think Robert Kraft feels indebted to to this man. Remember – He ought to, yeah. Kraft went out on a limb too. The the way that they got Belichick was they ended up having to give the Jets a first-round pick back in 2000 in exchange for the right to hire Belichick. Uh, and he immediately made Kraft look good in that deal. So, yeah, I think he's earned the right to, to go out on his terms. Um, I could see he hasn't drafted well. <laughs> they haven't had a good draft in yeah. eight or ten years. I could see them possibly having someone else have more control over personnel, maybe. But there's, I, I just don't. Do you think that's a possibility? That in the, I just don't know. I don't see that. How does that work in the building? You bring in or you promote from within or bring someone in that's going to be the GM. I mean, he has handled player personnel forever. Like, he's just going to allow that to be the – that he just handles coaching? Well, maybe if, if, if this goes far enough south, maybe it comes to that. Maybe Kraft says, look, uh, you, you can retire on your terms as long as it's not completely on your I terms. I think he would do that. I, th- I honestly – I mean, I, I don't know anything about Bill Belichick personally, but it seems to me that a man that has accomplished as much as he has, six Super Bowls, most playoff wins of all time, he's like 20-some-odd wins shy of, of Shula's record for most wins. I mean, I, I just don't see how he would say relinquish anything. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm gonna admit my failure in this area. I mean, you saw how it ended with Brady. I mean, that was not pretty. The, the team's tw- he's been 26 and 29 since Brady left. Um, but like, I think that it's it's his way or no way. And if if he's if they want to change, then they're gonna have to get a new head coach. I just don't see how that ends pretty. I think. I, I agree with you. I think he has earned the right to finish this thing out. And perhaps, you know, if you get to the end of this year and it gets even uglier and then you're not in a good situation for next year, then you talk about, hey, how can we kind of make this work? How can we massage it? 
But if Belichick wants to ride this thing out until he breaks Shula's record or whatever his goal is, you know, I think he's 71, something like 71, that. 71, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's earned the right. I mean, within a certain – At this rate, realm, it could right? take him five years to break that maybe, Shula maybe record. He's just tank, maybe he's tanking for Caleb. Maybe that's uh, – That might not be a bad strategy. You know when he started – when things start to go downhill for him? It was when he came out and admitted he's a Swifty. Really? He said he was a big Taylor Swift fan. Yeah, you're right. There and, was. and now, now they can't do anything right. No. Well, he's she's obviously stuck in his head, yes. you know. And and I don't want to go into another ballad breakdown, but I feel like maybe he was on, he was on the love train. He got he got thrown off. He was so know? jealous too of the Travis Kelsey. Well, uh, uh, clearly. Rumors. I mean, yeah. Yeah. all right. Are we ready to talk a little baseball? Always. All right, let's do it. Well, our guest caught for a decade in the bigs and two of those seasons here with the Rays back in 2012-2013. Now you can catch him hosting MLB's Round Trip on Sirius XM's MLB Network channel. Uh, Chris Jimenez joining us on the Odd Pod today. Chris, uh, how you doing? How are things? Where's home these days? Home is uh, in beautiful Reno, Nevada these days, even though I'm not technically there yet or there now, I guess. I'm up in uh, southeastern Washington State hanging out with some family uh, for hunting season, it's a big, big time of the year up here for my family. What's yeah. in the, What's in the bag? What are we hunting this season? So deer season starts uh, next Saturday, and I'm up here hanging out with my grandpa right now, uh, which is like my favorite time of the year. My entire family gets together. We all come up here and hang out with my grandparents and the rest of my family up here in southeastern Washington State. So it's uh it's easily the best time of the year and oh yeah by the way it also happens to be playoff time as well yeah, it's the best it time is. that is awesome though the hunting do you guys is it bow season or do you launch straight into gun season there so and- it is bow season technically right now but okay. uh none of my family is good enough or probably technical enough to shoot a bow <laughs> so we try to just go for the easier option with the gun have you seen the bows these days though chris i mean yes. they make them where i know, have one people like me can fire pretty accurately it's pretty crazy how <laughs> evolved bow hunting has become you won't catch that me out the there truth. with a recurve that's right, for sure yeah. <laughs> all right so, so yeah no kidding between obviously you know having fun out there in washington uh, have you been able to keep an eye on what's going on baseball oh, wise yes. i mean oh, what, what's yes. your read on this postseason so far i'll tell you what this postseason has been insane um and that might be an understatement let's start with a wild card round first of all i mean four sweeps who would have ever seen right. that coming uh to begin with let alone you know We'll talk about the Tampa Bay Rays for a second. I had them making a a nice little run. I know their pitching staff was banged up a little bit, and offensively, Yandy Diaz, you know, was having some some injury history or injury history injury issues at the end of the season. But I thought that team was kind of primed to make a little bit of a run there. But it has just been insanity this year for the playoffs. It's yeah. wild. It has been. And, you know, those the Rays, you weren't alone. A lot of people thought maybe this would be the year. They they seemed to kind of weather the storm uh, throughout right. the regular season between all the injuries, uh, obviously a crazy amount of pitching injuries to this team. Three guys going down with Tommy John and then, uh, you know, obviously losing your starting shortstop and all-star. Right. So, but to get to the postseason and kind of on an upswing too, you thought maybe they'd, they'd, they'd hit it running, but uh, – that Rangers team seems to be one of these kind of scrappy squads. I mean, they were really good throughout the season, but, you know, like streaky, similar to the yes, Rays. They were. So, yeah, uh, no, no doubt. For these teams that are streaky going into the postseason, uh, who has most impressed you so far? Well, I think it has to be the Texas Rangers. You know, I mean, just how they finish the season, you know, winning that one game on Saturday in seattle to at least clinch a uh, spot in the playoffs it ended up being a wild card spot 
they had the opportunity to win the division and lost in a kind of a nail biter against Seattle in that last Sunday of the regular season to see them come in and kind of limp into the playoffs on a massive low, then go out, sweep the Rays, which again, nobody saw coming, right? Not that they couldn't have won a game, but I don't think anybody saw the Texas Rangers and their pitching staff, more importantly, absolutely dominating this Rays offense that has been so good all year and then coming out and doing it against the best team in the American league, the Baltimore Orioles, albeit a young team and maybe, you know, not necessarily, I'm not going to say they're not equipped for being this far into the playoffs, but I think it kind of caught them by surprise. They were a team, if you ask me, that if they would have just gone from the regular season, not had a five-day break to kind of sit there and think about it, young teams generally have a tough time kind of bouncing back from that. This Texas Rangers pitching staff and the offense has really come back to life and done pretty much what they've done all season. Yeah. Yeah, you also tip the cap, I think, to Bruce Bochy and how, you know, a lot no of these o- October series comes down to managers kind of getting the right feel for what's going to happen and making little tweaks to their lineup. And we, we've seen that in this series with the Orioles where they moved around um, Garver, right? Because yes. they, they knew that the Orioles were going to pitch around Seager. Um, you caught some of the best pitchers in the game during your time, Chris. Who to you now in the postseason, if you got to pick – one guy, I'll give you, let's go one American League, one National League. Okay. That, that's your, your your ace, you know, at the top of your rotation. Uh, who do you have there? Yeah, I, I think the American League, this is this is actually an easy one, and this might be a surprise to some people, but I think it's Pablo Lopez. I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, yeah. that, that's it, yeah. What he did against the Houston Astros in game two of the division series uh, was nothing short of absolute amazingness. Uh, he has pretty much been doing that all year. That was a trade for, you know, what they did with the Miami Marlins and trading Luisa Rice. You know, at the forefront of that trade, everybody was kind of like, what were both sides doing, right? I mean, you could see it from Minnesota's side. They needed a pitcher. And you could also see it from, you know, the Marlins side where they needed some offense. But this is one of those rare trades that has actually worked out perfectly for both sides. And I think he is kind of the best pitcher in the American League, in the playoffs at least, remaining. You know, you could throw Justin Verlander out there. I just – there's something about him that I, I feel like I want to doubt, but then he continues to just prove everybody wrong, and he's like 52 years old, and he's <laughs> continuing to throw zeros up every time. And then for the National League, you can take your pick between Zach Gallen and Zach Wheeler. Yeah, uh, the Zachs apparently that's – a, that's a good name. If you want to have a good pitcher as a son, name him Zach because apparently that's that's the way to go these days. But both of those guys were just outstanding um, – I think Zach Wheeler is extremely undervalued and that's hard to do because, you know, I mean, he's playing on a really good team and all, but I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he's a top five pitcher in baseball and and Zach Gallon is absolutely, you know, finding his name kind of in those talk circles as well. Yeah. You know, you look at a a Phillies team and you wonder just how much, you know, regular season goes into your your balance when you go into the postseason right like like a Phillies team has the playoff cachet they have kind of the belief they've been there before they can go on these runs they they have kind of the grizzled playoff experience Uh, what are your thoughts on on that squad and just could they be in store for another run like we saw last year I don't see how we cannot say that they aren't in store for another run like they did last year and and possibly even better I think that this team they're the most complete team right now to me in the playoffs. They have starting pitching. They have a fantastic bullpen. Their offense, albeit, you know, hit and miss at times, is has the ability to absolutely dominate a baseball game. And 
I just think Philadelphia's got a chance to win a World Series for the first time in a really long time. I think they were a surprise last year, but they're not as much of a surprise this year. Yeah. Uh, let me pull you back to Tampa Bay for a minute, Chris, where you sure. spent some time. I, I know you're removed from the area now, but certainly you followed the, the stadium situation here with the Rays, the announcement coming a couple of weeks ago that they are indeed uh, apparently going to stay in St. Petersburg. Here at the local level, there was some kind of grumbling over that. You wanted a lot of people to move it to the Tampa sure. side of things. Then we see the first, we see the wild card series. And, you know, I, I it, it kind of bothered me a little to hear the national broadcasters kind of banging on uh, right. Tampa Bay, like the turnout at the trough, the, the 19,000, wasn't around 19,000 both yeah, nights. And, and, you know, certainly, okay, you put us in the three o'clock window in the middle of a week where you know, no pe doubt. Pe people have lives and that kind of thing. Everybody works. Yeah. Do they forget right. that people work even in Tampa or St. Pete? But at the same time, I turn the next game on is that Minnesota game. And of course, that's a little later in the day, but then to feel the energy sure. in that stadium, it was like, wow. Are we missing something here? And how do you feel about the decision to to build a stadium in St. Pete versus elsewhere in the market? Yeah, I, I mean, I think keeping it in the area is the absolute right thing to do because the fan base there is really good. You know, maybe it's not um, as as homegrown based, right? Because it's a little bit more of a transient type community, and that's okay. There's nothing that says you can't have a fantastic fan base with that. I think for a lot of people, they wanted to see it on the Tampa side because when I was there, that was the biggest gripe from a lot of fans that we heard was they had to go across the bridge. It was a 25 to 30 minute drive to St. Pete. There's really nothing to do around there, but all of the renderings and everything that I've seen from this new ballpark should be absolutely amazing. And it will take care of, you know, the issue of not having anything to do around the ballpark for sure, because this thing looks pretty darn cool. And I would love to have an opportunity to play there. And I think, again, for the players, you know, from an amenity side of things, Tampa Bay, the Rays organization, and be it just has done a great job of making the trop work for what they use it for. And it's not that big of a deal to the players, right? But I do understand it from a fan's perspective. If you do have a large fan base that's in Tampa, in, in the actual Tampa, the Bay area, it, it could be, an, you know, an issue to maybe get down to St. Pete. But if they're going to do this thing and they are going to do it in St. Pete, I think they're going to do it the right way. And to me, it should draw fans no matter what. This looks like a beautiful rendering, at least. And like I said, I would love to get an opportunity to go see this, you know, this new building when it's all said and done. And I think it should stay in St. Pete. You know, this is kind of where everything originated. And I think that's kind of a good thing for this organization to kind of really create that home base there. Yeah. All the picture, pictures are pretty. We love <laughs> they are one, beautiful. one of these days. Maybe they'll become a real thing. Um, yeah, let's hope so. You know, Chris, there's the the kind of the the stadium stuff, the fan stuff. That this is always like the unsolvable riddle, right? right? Like it's been going on forever. <laughs> but then you look at the product on the field, and that is also a riddle. But it seems like they've figured it out, right? <laughs> Five straight postseasons. They're no always doubt. near the bottom in payroll. Uh, the way they're able to kind of grow talent the, the i mean their the pitching staff is always phenomenal always up there in terms of defense as well but this year they they got some hitters and they have still a stacked farm system just i mean your thoughts on what you've seen eric neander and the front office be able to pull off year after year on a yeah. shoestring budget baseball speaking you know to, and right. to be a to be a a contender every year in the postseason yeah i'll tell you this right now the rays are the envy of the league in regards to 
how they seemingly find a way to compete on, you know, you referred to it and you referred to it spot on a shoestring budget in regards to you look at the Tampa Bay Rays payroll and the New York Mets payroll. I mean, we're not even talking about the same stratosphere here. Right. And then you can see the difference in wins. The one thing that I have to give, well, I, I could probably give the Tampa Bay Rays organization credit in so many different areas, but something that sticks out mightily to me is their front office and mm-hmm. how they find a way, you know, drafting and developing guys is one thing. Most organizations do a pretty good job of doing that, but they have an ability to not only draft and develop guys, but they have an ability to take on losses, right? Because everybody's trying to pick people from the Rays front office to try to get a little bit of that magic and understand how they work things. They don't lose anything after they lose somebody like that, right? It's just the next man up mentality. They always seem to kind of file and fill in and they're even better off for it. So I think their mm-hmm. organizational strength is being able to produce, you know, quality front office talent and coaching talent from within, but they do a better job than anybody in major league baseball of finding those diamonds in the rough, right? Utilizing underutilized guys or maybe cast-offs from other organizations, like Pete Fairbanks. I mean, was once a Texas Ranger, yeah. you know, was let go. Tampa Bay brings him in says, listen, we want you to do this and do this a lot. And since he's taken that knowledge, he has turned himself into one of the most elite relievers in not only the American League, but Major League Baseball. And that's not the only guy they've done it with. They've done this with like literally like 10 dudes. Yeah. I think that is, to me, the most impressive thing that the Rays have been able to do, and they do it year in and year out. It's not something that, hey, man, we're getting lucky every now and again. They obviously have a formula, and that formula works to a T. Yeah, without question. All right, before we let you go, uh, need your World Series picks. Uh, okay. We have to make some serious uh, bets right now, and we need <laughs> you to help uh, give us some insight. Oh, boy. So, uh, give, give us our, our AL and L teams. Who do you like? All right, so I think right now in the AL – I like the Texas Rangers, man. And okay. this is, if you would have said this 10 days ago, right. there is absolutely no way I would have said this. I'm going to say the Texas Rangers from the American League, I think they're playing the best right now. And then from the National League, I got to go with the Phillies, man. I just, they're too good. And to me, this is their year. They're so deep in so many different areas. So I'm going to go Phillies. I'm going to go Texas. And I think Philly wins the World Series. Wow. wow! How about that? That makes Scott happy. How about that? Call your shot. I, think so. <laughs> I, think, I had, I had. I think the, Scott made a little wager already no, on, no, the, come on, come on. our long-haired no, boys. My, my wager is that Chris is going to get uh, a nice big buck tomorrow. That, that's what. Yeah, I'm out, in on you, that. You're I out, am in out on early. That. Okay, very good. Out early. All right, sounds good. Chris Jimenez, thank you so much for spending some time with us and of giving course. us your insights on this MLB postseason. Yeah, happy hunting. Anytime, you guys. Right. Yeah, thank you. Look, I don't know how it's going to end, but uh, I'm looking forward to how this uh, World Series uh, ends up and what this matchup is going to be because I'm thoroughly confused at this point what it's going to look like. <laughs> Always magical in October, right? right? right. Let's bring in BK. Um, so back in publication, circulation, um, let's let's get into it. Nod Pod Gazette has some new headlines. It was never out of publication. Okay. It's always been right. cranking it out. You know yeah. what they say, BK? They say never start a war with a man who buys ink by the barrel, and that would be you as, <laughs> as the publisher of the Nod Pod Gazette. I love it. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I've never heard that, Cato. Well, feel free to use it. I will. <laughs> useless quotes. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Okay, you ready for the first one? Paris has an Olympic size problem. Guys, we are nine months away from the start of the Olympic Games, and the City of Light is battling an infestation of bed bugs. 
Ah. And it's not just limited to hotels, movie theaters, and even Charles de Gaulle Airport is dealing with these blood-sucking insects. The problem was so bad that the mayor has reached out to the French government for assistance with this invasion. True or false headline? Okay. Well, so there's a couple things going on. It is would it ever actually put the Olympics in jeopardy because of bedbugs? Uh, like, don't know if the headline said jeopardy. Well, Olympic-sized problem. That is. It's implying that the Olympics could be, you know, affected in some way because of bedbugs. Anyway. Um, <laughs> doesn't Paris kind of have a reputation for being a little, a little dirty, dirty, a little dirty? I, I, don't, I don't know. Never I, been. I, Would I, love to I've go. I've been for. I spent five minutes there. Enough time to see the um, Eiffel Tower, and that was it. Did you get bed bugs? I did. I, <laughs> I, left, I was supremely itchy. Well, that leaving. explains. I was it. like, what? Is, ah! um, yeah, I'm gonna say that's a real story. Let's go with it. I know for a fact it's a real story. It's a it's a problem. These things usually only come out at night, so I hear. I haven't yeah. had experience. Yeah, they do. But but people are getting video of these things on the train and in, in daytime really yeah like crawling out of things it, okay that's it's a problem that is that sounds like a problem my wife is the first person that ever told me about like i mean i heard of bed bugs i never thought about it so you go to these hotels when you travel for work and i like for like months i could not sleep in a hotel because she's freaking me out i'm like waking up in the middle of the night turn the light on <laughs> ah, where are the bugs you know um, I but, know. Yeah. I, you know, is, there's got to be a way here. Could we uh, train the bed bugs in some way to get blood samples from the Russian athletes so Ooh. that we could oh. take the bugs back and test? Like they have a better blood. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we could do that. Maybe mm. that's one way they could do it. I, I have a feeling that the good old U.S. or the uh, Olympic, the IOC, will take care of this through some corruption of some right. sort that's what they usually do throw some money at it make it well, go look, away if we can crack down on doping okay i think we can handle the bed bugs okay all right don't let the bed bugs bite all right <laughs> we both got it right? our parents Completely used true. to say, didn't you did your parents used to say that to you at night sometimes yeah. if we're going to, don't what kind of thing is that to say to your kid yeah. before you well, turn it, out the and lights it's like mom dad do you think i have a choice here uh, right. like, don't let them bite like if they do that it's because i just allowed them into my bed maybe you should clean this dirty house yeah when's the last time you washed these sheets <laughs> right. mom what's crawling in this carpet beneath my bed mom help me out here anyway. our parents put on the olympics yeah. clearly all right, don't let them bite you. Good luck. Good luck with the bugs. <laughs> oh, they're ravenous. They have big, sharp mandibles. They love your blood. <laughs> How'd we do? do we both, both got it correct. right, right? No, yeah, we don't. We, yeah, no, okay. Good God. Yeah. Let's stay with this Olympic theme. How about L.A.? They got the next Olympics coming up. Bed they, bugs. Not bed bugs, <laughs> but what they've done, they've submitted their list of demonstration sports for the upcoming games. Okay. All right, now in France, one of the demonstration sports is breakdancing. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of the sports that LA has uh, submitted for demonstration sports is cornhole. The sport is a staple in the United States, and if it becomes an Olympic sports, it could take off globally. That's what they're kind of hoping. There's over 25,000 cornhole tournaments going on in the country right now. Is that true or false? LA submitted cornhole. I'll let you handle this one first. I I think it's I think it's false. I just I feel like there's no way that they would. Any activity you can do with a beer in your hand probably should not be an Olympic sport. Well, but then again, like what activity couldn't you do with a beer in your hand? <laughs> um, if you were really determined. Uh, diving, skiing, okay. I, I don't know, uh, wrestling? Uh, I want to say cornhole. Let's say it's real. I, I just, yeah, maybe. I think that, yeah. I don't know why. 
it just seems like a California thing to do. I mean, it's wonderful weather, and uh, you know, playing some bags. They grow a lot Let's of corn go. out there, don't they? Yes, yeah. a lot of corn. Uh, it's false. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot, Scott. You know, you know what I did see. I think, um, I think I saw uh, that they are considering making flag football one of these demo flag sports. Flag football. Yeah. Baseball, squash, and cricket. Baseball. Okay. Now, I, I, flag football. Give me cornhole. <laughs> like what? What is that? Flag football. Flag I, football is actually pretty big. So. Yeah. I'm not saying it's. It's not a matter of it being big, but it's like, really, what would you rather watch? Um, flag football. Cornhole. Cornhole? <laughs> With a, they gotta have a beer in their hand. Though, yeah, or I'm not yeah. watching it. Yeah, I like cornhole. What's well, yeah. on ESPN every Saturday? Sometimes. It is yeah. non-football season. Those guys are all sponsored up too. They got their yeah. like Johnsonville Brats jerseys yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, good job. It's like what's his name, Dick Weber? Remember the, yeah, the, the bowler? bowler? Yeah. yeah, that's right. You know who I am. Who I am? <laughs> or whatever. It's, that's what we need. We need a character like that for cornhole. All right, you ready for the next one? Yep. All right, here we go. Could the band Creed be behind a Ranger's success? One. Yeah. Oh, one. Because another ballad breakdown. It could. As crazy as it sounds, the players say that it is true. During the summer when the Texas was struggling, someone fired up the band in the clubhouse, and soon after, wins followed. The ritual continued throughout the playoffs. The team's favorite song, One Last Breath. Real effect. Oh, One Last Breath. One last that's, breath. That's, oh, <laughs> one last all breath. I, all I know is that one, and uh, I, I'm terrible at singing. Can you take me, me higher? Oh, one last breath. To a place where blind, blind men see. see. <laughs> that's how he's saying it, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Scott, old Scott, Scott Snap. Yeah. He's actually from Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, Didn't he have like a rivalry with uh, S- Scott uh, from uh, Stone Temple Pilots? It seems like all the I feel Scots. Like he, I feel like it, he yeah. had. He was like a. There was some type of like uh, fight. There should have been a beef. Yeah, you some know. beef between him and. Oh, I think but, it was um, Limp Biscuit. Oh, that Fred Durst. Fred Durst. That guy had beef with everyone. Yeah, you yeah. know, he was always like hitting on their girlfriends and such. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna say that's false I'm because say it's true. of the song. I don't think that's the song. Wait, I think what's it, the song again? One one last time. Well, one last breath. One last breath. I've never heard of it. I don't know how that one goes. Yeah. I thought I knew all of the Creed songs. Yeah. Um, all two of them. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it's true. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true. It is absolutely true. Woo! Oh man, Creed they, is back. They played it at the Trop before the games, and now the games at uh, there in Arlington, they're playing it, and they want the fans to uh, sing along. So okay. there you go. 60, I gotta 000. listen to the. Yeah. I forgot about that song if I ever heard it. It, I, you know, I believe that Creed saved rock and roll back in the mid '90s. Really? Yeah. Wow. Everything on the radio. Because we had to listen to the radio then. We didn't have, like, devices with all of our favorite music downloaded on it. Uh, was, like, boy bands. It was, you know, in sync. It was Backstreet Boys. And then they started playing this band. And I was like, whoa, that's rock. That sounds pretty good. And now they're kind of, I don't know, um, a punchline. But they shouldn't be. They, they, they came along and, and brought rock back into the forefront so okay. i think we all owe creed a great deal of gratitude wow look at you uh, we're trying to get back hold together me na- hold me now i'm six feet from the edge and i'm thinking maybe six feet ain't so far down. oh yeah i do remember those <laughs> lyrics remember now. It. Mm-hmm. okay yeah i kind of it does sound familiar. i wish i could remember the i wish we could play it tune. but we can't right? I know. copyright we, issues yeah we have right. we have issues all right 
So I got that, and and you. And, and I was wrong. Yes. So good job. We want one more. Yeah, we it's do. Big, and I also want to read. I our monitors are far away, and my eyes are old. The uh, our headline, our side columns. Yeah, what are they saying? What are our side columns saying? Uh, Can we bring those back up? <laughs> Put our side columns. Up. Well, we'll see it with the next one. Just do, yeah. Scott's yeah. is family fun with pumpkin spice. Yeah. And then Cato's is Cato breaks down fall fashion, best fall colors or something like mm, that. I could do that. I, I wish, think you could. I wish mine was You're family fun with ice spice. <laughs> you guys is, like her? Ice Spice? Ice Spice. Yeah, she's like the, the hot new never, R&B artist. Never heard she's got of a Duncan oh, commercial. Is she part of the her. Spice Girls? Yeah. No, she's... Is she like uh, posh? You should just look yeah. her up. We'll do, a, we'll do a ballad she's got break. got like yellow okay. hair. Yeah, orange. Yeah. Orange, usually. yeah. Okay. Very spicy. We've drifted afar. We have. Okay. Here we here. go. Not uh, by Gazette. The last one here. It's a big week. My daughter's 18th birthday. I no longer oh, have minors in my okay. family. Congratulations. That? Thank you. It's also Dale Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s birthday. He turns 49. He's been retired okay, from racing. Okay, all right. Okay, okay Dale, all right. Yeah. yeah. He announced today on his podcast that he's going to get back in racing. But it's not car racing. It's Ironman triathlon racing. Ooh. He says he's been training with uh, Jimmy Johnson, who's fitness fanatic. Yeah. And he just caught the bug. And his goal is The bed to, bug? Had he yeah, been to Paris? <laughs> he's been to Paris. He said he wants to do the, the Hawaiian triathlon next next year, so 2024. So Del Earnhardt Jr. becoming an Ironman triathlete. Okay. It, he doesn't seem like the type, but it seems like the type of thing that somebody that has a lot of money and he's still relatively young and a lot of extra time would want to do. Sure. Uh, but he does have a successful podcast. He's in demand in the media, so I'm not sure how much time he has. I'm going to say it's true, though, because yep. it's coming from BK, and I know you wouldn't lie to me about NASCAR. Yes, and he did provide a lot of details in there. Yes, but um, this could have been just a whole thing to actually— Throw us off? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's it's his daughter's birthday, too. Yeah, so maybe. A way to mention his daughter's birthday. Do you think he would lie in order to do that? Absolutely he okay. would, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the Nod Pod Gazette. I think, yes, he's going to do it as long as the uh, runner number he gets is uh, number three. Oh, well, his number 88. Yeah. Or either way. It was a tribute okay. to his dad. <laughs> a tribute to his dad. Okay. I got you. Okay. I'm going to say true. And you say? True. True. Completely false. Oh, we it did it to mention his daughter's birthday. To mention Leah's birthday. Okay. Well, happy birthday, happy, Leah. Happy birthday, this Leah. This is the big 1-8, huh? Yeah, man. Off the books. Man. Oh. Now, That's now she can pay for her own car insurance. Exactly. Is that how this works? Yes. Okay. Get her to Utah. Get her uh, a... <laughs> Get her a scholarship at Utah. Oh, she could have a free get truck. You, get yeah. you a Dodge Ram pickup for sure. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, if you would like to get a little bit more Nod Pod in your life, head to fox13news.com slash Nod Pod or hit that QR code on the screen. Again, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify uh, and get the podcast every week sent straight to your phone. So big thanks to Chris Jimenez. Give us a little insight into this MLB playoffs and the postseason. And uh, much thanks to our crew. Ronnie's running the big chip cam. Uh, so thanks to Ron, we got Chris in behind doing the ones and twos in the studio with mm -hmm. BK, and then then there's this, this Chris. Here I am. And then there's BK, and then there's Leah. Happy birthday, Leah. 18. Do you remember your 18? Uh, no, that was a long time ago. Okay. But so the next time we are on, there are no off days. Happy birthday. What a birthday.